Hello and welcome. Good that you could join us today. Our topic is about information and resources. Whatever task we tackle in life, at work or at home, in sports or other leisure activities, having relevant, practical, basic information and resources or not can help make or break the outcome. Whatever the situation, perhaps at home or at work, perhaps in a school or operating theatre, in a factory perhaps, or travelling abroad, accurate information and adequate resources are crucial to how that situation develops. For caring in a home situation, this is especially true. To enable them to complete the circle of care, family members and close others also need relevant information in their toolkit of resources. If only I had known. I've heard that phrase so many times. Just a few real life examples of what can happen without relevant information. Following on being taken into foster care, P had to change school and on his first Friday there, he brought with him in his new school bag, shorts and a t-shirt to change into for PE. But when it came time to change, P refused to get changed and became very distressed when he was encouraged to do so, preferring to sit out and watch the other children at games. Later, his foster mum came to school to explain why he didn't want to take his shirt off. His back and arms were scarred, covered with marks where his father had often stubbed cigarettes out on him despite his mother's attempts to protect him. If only I had known right from the beginning about his early experiences, I could have suggested that he wear a long sleeve t-shirt and loose trousers rather than the regulation PE kit and saved him distress about his scars being visible and questions from other children, not to mention the reminders of a very painful past. And a very different situation, but again the need for information and resources was crucial. My uncle had a hip replacement operation, Francis told me and she told me he had to wear elastic stockings after the operation. He hated them, said they were so tight they were really uncomfortable. When he got home, still wearing the stockings, he felt they were unhygienic after wearing them since the hip operation about 10 days before. He also found it very difficult to remove them before having a bath, and then it was even more difficult to get them back on again. So he decided to take them off two weeks after the operation and he stopped wearing them. If only he had been told that he had to wear them for much longer and he understood why maybe he'd have been able to see a reason to keep wearing the things and could have got an extra pair to make hygiene easier. If only, his wife Frances said, if only, well, things might have been different, he probably wouldn't have landed back in hospital. At home, struggling with awkward or even difficult situations you've never come across before, it can feel a bit like trying to do a jigsaw blindfolded. For instance, ask your family for ideas about what is needed when 
the new central heating boil has broken down, or a family member is ill and needs constant warmth, what would you do? At work, perhaps, essential supplies have not been delivered. Or, due to severe arthritis, a family member can no longer get into the bath. Make some notes during your team discussion. Choose a situation that could occur in your own house. Perhaps when your home team discuss and agree where your group discussion could be, maybe around the kitchen table, or during a long car journey perhaps. Or maybe you've got some much better ideas. Then discuss what would be needed to enable you to deal with any or each of the situations I've quoted. Or perhaps a situation that is occurring in your own house. But if the situation changes from day to day, few situations remain exactly the same for long, what then? One real life situation. What information or resources do you think you would need? Auntie Cass, now in her later years and not always in the best of health, wants to visit her daughter who lives in Australia. En route, she also wants to visit the Japanese prisoner of war camp where her late husband was held during World War II. To make the most of the trip, Auntie Kath decides to invite some family members to help organise the venture and accompany her on the trip. Make some notes about what you think they might need. What resources would be needed for this once-in-a-lifetime trip? For instance, travel information regarding flights, ships, buses, hire cars, dates and times information on suitable accommodation in the places you'll visit, information on when it is possible to visit the prison camp. What about currency when you're away and the estimated costs involved in accommodation? Perhaps the availability of medical care if needed. Medications possibly needed for the journey, any inoculations needed beforehand. Can you think of anything else? Each situation can develop in so many ways. It may bring closure or it may be the beginning of a whole new situation. It may result in unexpected individual consequences ranging from hilarious, happy, loving and good to extremely difficult or even awful. It may affect one person or several or even a very large number of people. In any situation, whether work, home or social. Think how it is possible to work out what steps are needed to organise most effectively. Examining your own home caregiving situation can be really important. Trying to work out what information and resources you'll need to help care for the person at the centre. Making notes as you go along can also be very helpful. Notes that you can refer to when you meet with professionals involved in all that important coordinated care. Whatever the situation, lack of relevant information can lead to unforeseen consequences and even to tragedy. For instance, the wrong dosage of medication, infection due to negligent hygiene, depression, rouse due to misunderstandings, 
differing interpretations. All or any of these are possible when trying to work in the dark without information. But where can you find the information you need? When I asked our GP what I could be doing, should be doing to help my friend, his answer was, you know as much as I do. These were very similar questions, thoughts and feelings to my own feelings 20 years ago when my daughter Jay was so ill. It was only then that I realised that for many, many years doctors had been trained to recognise symptoms and make a diagnosis based on those symptoms, but didn't have any experience of how those symptoms could affect the individual's life and the lives of everyone sharing home life with the vulnerable ind individual. In your own situation, try to work out what information would help and think of where you might find that information. For instance, if you think a book might help, try bookshops, libraries, charity websites and information leaflets, the telephone directory, local health or social work services. Ask family and friends if they can suggest other places and people who may be able to help. An added problem may be if you live in a rural area and you have no transport apart from occasional buses which pass the end of your road about two miles from your house. Every situation can develop in so many ways. It may help to develop care in a practical way as everyone works out what they can do to offer support. Or sometimes unexpected behaviour can lead to very difficult individual consequences for the home team as well as for the person at the centre of all efforts to help. One home carer I met a few years ago now said, it's like trying to do a jigsaw blindfolded. Yes, thankfully gradually over recent years there has been a sea change in attitude as research relating to building more effective care on 24-hour collaborative care has shown that efforts to build that all-round professional home team collaboration can lead to higher recovery rates. For instance, the UK Department of Health New Horizons consultation in 2009 states very clearly Providing information to service users and their families is an essential element of a care plan. This includes information about, for instance, their health problem, the choices they have, the staff who will be providing care treatments and possible side effects, available servi services and where relevant the person's rights under the relevant Health Act. This can be provided as an information prescription. Finding practical resources, where and how. In some enlightenment treatment services, information is now offered by treating professionals to home carers in leaflets and sometimes in the form of practical workshops. A good starting point is to ask treating professionals what help is available locally and what information they may have about local self-help groups or perhaps a charity organisation. Many enlightened health departments who can see the value to their patients now have or are developing information booklets for those who need their help and in some departments workshops have been developed to help home care 
caregivers provide that much-needed home support. Such information booklets and workshops can be really helpful, especially when it gives individual caregivers a chance to discuss difficult situations with other home carers experiencing tough times. This happens, for instance, at the Maudsley Hospital Eating Disorder Unit. As always, it is very important to check and double check that any information you find is accurate. Research is continually growing and over the years some theories, which were long accepted, have proved faulty and more appropriate treatment has been developed. Voluntary and charity organisations can often offer much needed information, resources and valuable support. Often these organisations have grown from one or two people recognising the need for information, resources and support. For instance, the Carers Trust, originally a national organisation named Crossroads Care and the Princess Royal Trust for Carers, the Carers Trust now offer frequently updated information to home carers such as what is a carer, getting help, money and benefits, local support, where and how to find it. The organisation of medical care and treatment, the provision of inpatient care and treatment, outpatient support, all these differ from country to country, from patient to patient, from individual home circumstances and resources, and many, many home carers in all sorts of home circumstances find themselves with extremely hard choices. My son N is 20, was really good at sport, very athletic and keen on the training he'd started to be a PE teacher. But since the accident, he needs full-time care. He needs help to get dressed, to fasten his clothes, to tie his shoes, help getting undressed and help getting into bed at the other end of the day. He needs help to get to the toilet or to have a shower, help to cut up his food, and he's got huge difficulty getting upstairs. He's really, really frustrated with the whole thing. I think he's depressed too, and no one knows how long it might take for him to be any better. His friends have been very good visiting him in hospital, but he hates needing help like he does now, hates them seeing him in this way, hates having to ask for help. Jay, his dad, works offshore, has done for years, and he's away a lot. I've worked as a school admin assistant for the past 10 years, and because we were both working and we were bringing in a goodly amount every month, we bought our own house. It's a lovely old house, four bedrooms, sort of rambling, but it needed a lot of renovation, needs a lot of maintenance. To pay for it all, we took on a mortgage. It was great for the kids, especially the garden. We've still got 12 years to go now before our mortgage is finished. At least my son can sleep downstairs now in his own room when he comes home. We put a bathroom in downstairs too. We feel one of us will have to give up work when our son comes home. I don't really want to give up my job. My husband quite likes the idea of being at home again, fancies starting his own business. But 
What happens if his great business idea doesn't work out and we can't make enough money to pay the mortgage and all the bills? We'd have to move into a smaller house, probably in a different area. Nobody in the family wants to move and we really want our son living with us at home. It's what he wants too. And wherever he is, he'll need help, 24 hour care. To stay here, keep on the mortgage and pay all the bills. We both really need to work or pay someone else to be here when we're not. I just don't know what to do for the best. Although this is probably very different from your own situation, perhaps you can look at P's situation with more detachment and suggest what or who might help P and her family to cope with their very tough times. In one of the several stories in his book, The Selfish Pig's Guide to Caring, here Marriott writes about Claire who gave up her job to care for her husband, Alan. I've been given a pack for disability living allowance when Alan became entitled to incapacity benefit, but I binned it thinking it didn't apply to him. I only applied 13 months after the stroke, after Alan had been medically retired. Well, Claire eventually filled in the necessary forms, finding that it was more or less impossible to apply the questions asked to brain injury. Then she went to the Citizens Advice Bureau, who told her not to come back until the claim had been rejected three times. Only then, they said, could the decision be challenged. When a doctor eventually did see them, he would only speak to Alan. As Alan had limited insight into his problems at that point, it was only when Claire was allowed to explain Alan's difficulties that the doctor realised the extent of the effects of the stroke and had to scrap his notes. Eventually, more than seven months after the claim, the DLA benefit arrived. As Claire said, it had been a hell of a time. No one had explained Alan's eligibility for the DLE until Claire was encouraged to do so by a carer at the Princess Royal Trust. Perseverance and patience always are called for to add to all the other attributes needed by family and other home carers. Therefore, for the sake of your loved one and for you and your family, don't be afraid to look and ask, to keep on looking and asking about what you need. Resources, including relevant information, may not be all you'd wished for, but if you don't at least try and try again to explore all possibility, it's very unlikely that what is available will simply fall into your lap. Good luck in your own situation.